Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Initech. No, you're working at Initech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, I'd buy you a house. I would buy you well, Andrew on the board, a little late today, uh, but we're here. Um, S&P futures uh, down 9, NASDAQ futures down 55, and we've got the Dow futures down 39. So we're kind of, it's been slow the last few days, and uh, it's not been, uh, the market does not look all that vibrant right here. I'm not sure what the, it's, it's, a, it's a market we have not seen in a while. We haven't seen any kind of big moves one way or the other. A couple days intraday, but nothing really close to close and it looks like it's you know it's turned into a little bit of a premium seller's market but every time the VIX goes down like this we seem to have another move so it's uh it's pretty hard to read Kevin what's your read of the market what's your read of everything my my read of everything um you you want to know the answer to uh the question all questions about life and the universe and everything uh what 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 did, what does t-shirt you say life sucks then you die yeah, yeah, or you you can go with the Woody Allen quote. Um, what what is it? Uh, it's something along the lines of um, life is uh, uh, full of uh, anxiety and sadness and and uh, um, and depression, and it's over all too soon. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, God, you know when you think about it, and you, and you really uh, sort of don't want to. It's uh, it's it's really stunning how, especially uh, well. Old people ragging on young people don't do anybody good, but the idea that uh, that, that life is supposed to be, uh, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and all that stuff is a, such an amazing uh, goal. And you look at uh, if you if you dig into history at all, other than probably you know some good times with family and friends and so forth. I mean, pretty much <laughs> life is pretty up until this. Maybe the last 50, 60 years, if you look at things like health and everything else, life really sucked for just about, for just about every generation. Uh, I mean, there were, there were times, I mean, the Romans, I think, had some pretty good times. The Greeks had some pretty good times. There were people that, that did okay somewhere along the way. But, boy, it was kind of few and far between, wouldn't you say? I mean, well, so so your question for that, and, and to not to get overly philosophical on a Friday. No, no, no. But your, your question for that is, okay, what... What made people happy at the time? I think the same thing that makes people happy now. Some sort of camaraderie, some sort of family, uh, having somebody you care about. What else could do it? I mean, I, I don't know what else yeah. could do it. Yeah, I, you know, and, and I think the, the, uh, the biggest thing is to, uh, to, to have some focus in your life. It doesn't have to be the sole focus in your life, but some focus in your life that is beyond yourself. 
Well, I, without a doubt. I mean, uh, and, and 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 family and friends can you know can get you there. Um, you know, so can some of the other things that we do with our time and uh, um, you know, and, and with efforts to make the community better and, and all of those kinds of things. But and and I I honestly think that that's something that is missing that we miss in in a lot that that we don't instill enough in curriculum for younger people. So in other words, if, if most of the time, if you go to a Catholic school or, or any religious school, there is some kind of ministry that they, you know, that they have their people do. It, you know, it can be volunteering someplace, volunteering a food, food bank. It could be, uh, you know, some of them will organize trips, uh, you know, overseas or to Appalachia or, you know, wherever and, and have people doing um, so, you know some work that is you know outside of their their norm and and I, I don't think we instilled that enough and so now when you start talking about depre- you know the the incidence of depression especially among young people you know maybe it's because we have such a hard time getting people to look outside themselves we don't teach them to do that uh, it's sort of like I mean it, you get bits and pieces some people have you know pretty good quotes the one I saw on TV where the the dude says it's life is all about helping other people get through it. You know, and it's it's, it's I mean it just isn't. I mean it, it's about whatever it is. It, dog needs to go for a walk. All of a sudden you walk the dog. You run into somebody. You start talking to them. And all of a sudden they might have a problem. Maybe you can help. Maybe you can't. I mean it's it, it just kind of grows on itself. But if you just sit there by yourself and think, what about what about me? I don't think they get you too far. I mean I really don't. And some people have. A tremendous amount of stress right now this COVID thing has caused. We haven't had our buddy Dr. Uh, Jansen on for a while, but I mean, there's yet another suicide last week in Chicago police. I mean, it's, how many was it, like seven last year? I mean, it's, this stuff, if, if you're a good person, everything that's happening is just takes a toll on you. Like, there's no tomorrow. I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, it's nothing like, uh, you know, coal miners or sharecroppers or anything like that. But I, I, the amount of stress and the amount of uh, uh, bad bad crap that I've seen in the in the two blocks from our office here, when all these people who used to work on the exchanges and had real jobs and had some place to go in the morning, all of a sudden don't have them anymore, and are and are doing God knows what, you know, working security, working this, working whatever. The amount of stress, the amount of divorces. A lot of, su- I mean, not, not hundreds, but some suicides some people don't even know about. I mean, it, watch an entire degradation of an industry go straight go straight downhill, um, Kevin. And I, I wonder if the same thing happened at Pullman. I was, I was just out of it. I don't, I don't know what happened to all, all the welders without a job to weld anymore, or all the car finishers, or all those people, all the, all the railroad engineers. I mean, maybe, maybe they found jobs somewhere else. I don't know where the hell they could have found them. But I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Those guys were a little more adaptive, you know. I mean, if you were a welder, you certainly could be a, you know, a carpenter, or maybe you could work for a home builder or something. You certainly could put decks up. You could get another job, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't think you know the job as a union welder <clears throat> necessarily, because you know some of those places shut down at the same time, uh, and I, I think that's the top end of the chain there. I mean, you're not going to make as much money pounding nails as you were, you know, welding stainless steel together. I don't, at least I don't hope you wouldn't. Um, but I mean, I've seen you know massive, and I, I don't think I'm I'm alone. I mean, there's some people. I mean, the, the people in uh, you know in Akron, and all of a sudden there is no tire business. I mean, it's there's massive stuff that goes on 
that people don't even. I mean, what, I mean, what do you th- what, what do you think is going on here in Chicago? All the people used to work in these buildings, the engineers, the cleaners, everything. There's nobody there. There used to be, you know, eight waitresses at the series. Now there's three. You know, what what are the other five doing? Does anybody care? Does anybody, <laughs> does anybody even think to look? I mean, you you hope something good's happening for them, but is it really? I mean, you know, they used to like being there. They you know like the job, like well, the people. I, you know, yeah. And I think that's the other thing when you know with all the people that have been working at home and. You know, slowly companies are starting to figure this out. I think, and, and they're bringing people back. But it, you know, it, while working at home can be very convenient, uh, it's also um, isolating. And you know, there's there's a lot of value to having colleagues to be just being able to compare notes and talk about things. Um, the the late Tony Shea, who was the uh, um, founder and, and CEO at uh, Zappos. Um, I, I, I've seen him speak, and he he taught. He used to talk about, you know, there's return on investment, and uh, um, you know, there's all kinds of returns. But there's also something he called the return on luck, and that is just from having people be around each other and talking, and you know, the the good fortune that somebody gets an idea, and next thing you know, you're running with it. Um, and so there, it, you know, it, we've we kill the creative process, but we kill that whole you know uh camaraderie of of collaboration that comes with it and and i think that's you know that's something that we've done to ourselves the last couple of the last what three years uh as well and it's it's not a good effect well at pullman which of course is is famous for having the you know i mean george pullman was what buried under how many feet of concrete so people wouldn't desecrate the grave because he fought the unions and people were getting killed and you know he was an innovative guy, but kind of a bad guy, in a lot of ways. But uh, but you wouldn't expect a place like that to have, you know. And this has got to be in a, I won't even say it's got to be in a dumpster somewhere. But they had, you know, they, they started making cars in, a, you know, I'm going to say 1870 somewhere in there. Uh, they had massive documentation, Kevin, and uh, and hours worked and extra days. They made they huge. What do you to call it? Manufacturing engineering studies on people and so forth. Now, this is before you know people had cell phones all day long when they were working and stuff. Uh, but they could tell you uh, if you started working people like if it's a Friday and a shipment got there late of parts, and yes, everybody stayed two extra hours to put the parts on so you didn't work behind on Monday. Could you get an extra two hours of work out of people? The answer is yes. Uh, and you know, if all of a sudden there was a glitch during a week or a weather problem, and yes, people come in on a Saturday, could you get extra work out of people? The answer is yes. But if you were to say we're now going to work every Saturday, these guys had documentation going back a hundred years that would tell you exactly how many weeks it would be before you got the same out of people in six days than you did in five. And the same thing with working ten hours a day versus eight. They'd say, you know what, after. 5.4 weeks, you're doing the same, and 10 hours it used to doing eight. You know, but then there's, like I said, this is before email, before before that, the kind of stuff people do at work now. It's not the same in a manufacturing environment. I mean, I get it. You, I mean, you you can only weld for so many hours. You can only, you know, whatever. But they also had one plant manager. They said was the best. I never met him. He was before my time, but I heard enough about him. Said he was a firm believer in family, and 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 separation of of uh, of time that was perfect that it was healthy and for everybody 
is if he, he'd go in there on a Saturday, maybe he saw your car, he'd say, Mr. O'Neill, I see you're here on a Saturday. Yes, I am, sir. Well, there's only two reasons why you could be here on a Saturday. One is you don't know what you're doing, and the other is you don't have enough help. Which is it? And, uh, and his, and, you know, whatever. If, if it wasn't enough help, he'd look into it and he'd get you some help. Uh, his point was people needed to be home with their family, taking a weekend off, and you need to be home for dinner every night. That's the way the world should be. I, I'm sure if, if he was alive today, he'd probably say the other, the other part works as well. You're supposed to be at work 40 hours, 40 hours a week. In those days, in those days, yeah, it's, it's about balance. Yeah, it's really. about it, balance. It really is about balance, and, uh, and and we need that in our lives. And uh, and, and you know, it's, I think that's another aspect of working at home. You're always at. You're either always at work or you're never at work. You can pick one, but you don't yeah. get the balance. Um, you know, but you're, you're never away from it. I know this when you know when I uh, ran a business out of my house. You just kind of roll out of bed in the morning and uh, make coffee and get online and start working. You know. <laughs> well, if you buy if you buy yourself, I mean, Audrey's done that forever. I mean, there's no reason for her to have. She's got a nice house. She's got a nice office. There's no reason for her to rent an office down the block, which is nobody at her place. I mean, she she can find find. I mean, it, it's not every, you know it's all individual. There's no reason for her to drive east to the office ten minutes only to drive west back past her house to show somebody a house, right? I mean, so I mean it it depends on the person. Hey, but I, you know I want to talk to you in more of a business way. This is it's an amazing example. I don't know how many people have watched uh, the Cubs and. Uh, I'll play Oakland this week and the fiasco that's going on out in Oakland with this baseball team. And yesterday, what, they just bought a million dollars. They bought a 49 acres across the expressway from the Strip somewhere in uh, Vegas, and they're intending to move there with the first year being uh, 2027. It's not only 2023, right? So how did how does this thing, how did this fiasco unwind at all levels out there in Oakland, and how in God's name are they going to leave that team there? For what, for those of I'll bring up the speed real quick, they're announcing like 4,500 people, 4,700 people a game, which means the one I watched, Kevin, I don't think there were 200 people. Yeah, divide by 10? Oh, yeah. I don't think. There, was, there wasn't a, the, the two or three seat row, uh, sections you can see behind the, the home dugout, which is usually like those are the, you know, whatever the, He's thinking there wasn't a soul there, not one. A few people wandering around, you know, in the upper deck. But it, I mean, how does how does something come to that much of a bad fruition over a period of years? How, how does the acrimony just get to the point where people want something from somebody? And uh, and I, you know, I had this discussion with my nephew yesterday about you know what what value do one of these teams have to a community? Is there some value? Sure, there, there's there's value to everything in a community, and there's value to to PTI Securities in Chicago because you know in two weeks we have people come from New York out to visit our place. Okay, they're going to get a hotel room, they're going to have lunch, they're going to have dinner, but should we get paid for that? I mean, should does that mean the city should? I mean, everybody I think contributes, in, including football, baseball, hockey, basketball teams. But that doesn't mean the Board of Trade doesn't contribute. That doesn't mean. Kevin's law firm doesn't contribute that because then could you bring people in here or something or you go other places I mean, that's that's what makes a vibrant sort of thing but now this Oakland deal happened to the Raiders first you know they want everything evidently from the city and the city either doesn't have the will or the ability 
to do it. Plus, maybe they don't think that they can ever go back to the 70s where the thing was full and people don't care enough about baseball. And the population just doesn't want to give these guys a billion dollars or whatever it is. I mean, I, I, and all of a sudden now you've got the team is horse bleep. What are they, like 3-20? and 20. Uh, Nobody's there. How in God's name are they going to – Are they now they're going to move, allegedly. How are they going to stay there for four more years? I mean, I, last night I was telling these guys, I go, they should, they should put – 5,000 temporary seats on, on the University of Nevada Las Vegas baseball stadium if they have one and move tomorrow. Go now. Yeah. yeah. What, 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 is, what is the point? I, but I don't, how, did, how does something get to that stage where you can't even talk to people? I mean, and I, I surely understand. I mean, I was telling my nephew yesterday, I have you know five or six studies here in the office about you know places putting there was a basketball stadium in Utah in Salt Lake City. There was a Triple A stadium somewhere. There's a soccer field in Bridgeview. There's the, the single A stadium in South Bend, not in South Bend, and uh, and Gary. Every one of them was a total fiasco for the population in yeah. terms of. Well, and in Gary's case, it wasn't single A. It was independent league. Right. But, um, well, I mean, so, I'm going to so say what, it wasn't even that level. I'm going to say there, White Sox. There stadium. are, by the way, there are those independent league stadiums that do very, very well. They tend not to be in places like Gary, though. Yeah. You know, or, or, or urban areas. They tend to be, uh, you know, more uh, in, in suburbia. And and there are that do well, and it's a great place. You know, an inexpensive place to take the uh, family and uh, um, you know, and, and to to have a lot of fun. But um, but ne- nevertheless, uh, I I think you know, first of all, you know, with with any of those kinds of projects. Um, I really think you have to um, uh, you, you evaluate them case by case, and I don't know if that's um, you know if that's re- a reasonable approach or not. But some of them are going to have some real impact and some real positive impact, and it's pretty obvious. Some of them are not. Some of them will live up to their um, uh, their promise, and some of them won't. You know, Foxconn is a good example in Wisconsin. Actually, it's kind of a funny story because when um, Walker was the governor, they cut the deal with Foxconn, but it had all these milestones. So Foxconn didn't get any breaks unless they met their side of the equation, and they didn't. So, so they got you know the places where they did open offices and so on. They got you know the uh, the tax break that was associated with it, but in the uh, places they didn't, like the, uh, you know, what they were supposed to be doing in Racine County, it didn't come into fruition, uh, you know, they, they just never got, you know, never got the uh, the money for it. So, you know, when everybody talked about the dollar value of the, te- of the deal, it never became that kind of a dollar ven- benefit to them. Interestingly, um, Tony Evers, who's the governor now, one of his campaign promises was that he would make a better deal with Foxconn. So he they renegotiated the deal, and not, and as a result, Foxconn has got a fixed amount, and they're getting the fixed amount even though they haven't delivered on their promise. So good job, Tony Evers. But I digress. Um, what's happening now in that case is now Microsoft is going to open up a uh, um, a big operation there. So in the in the same uh, the same space, so you know is the is it worth it to get the development? Um, let me put it another way. I you know I I don't know what Amazon is getting from Elkhart County. I just off the top of my head can't can't lay it out, but I can tell you 
that where they've located um, the uh, their new distribution center, which is they're hiring now, so they're they're about to open. Um, where where they located that distribution center, there are one, two, three. There, there's at least I want to say at least six new warehouses and probably eight, if I if I count right, that have popped up there while Microsoft has been uh, being uh, was being built. So there, you know, or not Microsoft, excuse me, Amazon. While while Amazon was being built, um, it, you know, it, it because everybody knows that that's going to bring traffic. That's going to bring distribution traffic. So Way Interglobal went and built a, a brand new factory there, and you know they they needed to go somewhere. They're going there, um, and uh, and there are all these other you know distribution centers and so on. And now we're seeing the uh, the truck stop pop up up the road and it, you know you, you're just starting to see all of this commerce that's uh, there and and all of this uh, job creation activity there so you know whatever they did it's going uh, is it going to be a good deal I don't know it depends on how much they gave Amazon but it is bringing along with it a lot of economic activity and I, I think that's important so you, you go back to your question about the Oakland A's what kind of economic activity do they create what kind of economic activity do do the Cubs create in their neighborhood? What kind, you know? And, and you can start asking those questions, and that's why I say when you start looking at it on a case by case basis, that's ultimately the answer. You're not just paying to have them there; you're paying to get whatever comes well, with having but them that, there. But it's, it, that's and, a, and by the way, what activity do the Cubs create? Lots of activity for the owners because they seem to have bought up everything in the yeah. neighborhood. Well, I mean, I think. Um, Kevin, we actually had a couple of my exams. We got a dash here. This a, we'll do this. Maybe we'll take this conversation up on Wednesday because um, it, it it's really difficult to figure out what what all your ancillary benefits are. I mean, it's it, it's very difficult. If you um, if you were to say, matter of fact, the one in the Salt Lake City argument or thing I had here, if you were to say uh, in the city of Chicago, let's say. 40,000 people go to a Cub game on a, mon- on a Sunday. All right, so we go there, and you look at the bars after the game, and they're loaded. You could, If you were a Dunderhead, or not somebody who was very rigorous, someone say Dunderhead, even though I already did. Uh, right, call me Mr. Dunderhead, yeah, please. You can say, God, this bar's packed. We're doing great. But you, you, can't, you can't do that. You've got to look at the Sunday receipts for all those bars, <clears throat> and you have to look at all the other bars in the city and find out if they do a little worse on the day the Cubs plays, because all your <clears throat> you took five guys <clears throat> from the Triple yeah, E. Did you cannibalize them or not? You just, yeah, you just took five guys from the Triple E, and now they're up at Sluggers or someplace. Um, so, it, it's in a city like Chicago, it's really hard to 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 configure it as a net benefit. And then if you say, okay, well, look at the people that come from out of town, I would say there's probably two places, uh, <clears throat> and I would include Wrigley there. Um, probably Fenway and Wrigley were. Because they're old stadiums, people might actually show up uh, for your trip. But now, just because you're here and you go to a Cub game, that doesn't cut it. Now, if I'm here for, you know, years ago, we used to have a lot of these seminars. Now, if somebody came to a PTI seminar, well, we just were speakers. I forgot the name of the group even. We were, they used to run them. Um, if you came for one of those seminars and were here for five days and a group of ten hung around to Saturday to go to a Cub game, they didn't come to Chicago for the Cub game. They just did it while they were here. Okay, now, so I mean, once you start breaking this down, it's actually very, a very difficult analysis. 
And I guarantee you the people in the city and counties that put this together worried about their votes. Do not do it, Kevin. Just saying. Oh, yeah, their motivation is they don't want to, you know, in Oakland, the politicians' motivation, you know, just like it is in Chicago, is nobody wants to be the one whose name goes on the uh, epithet that the uh, Bears have left the city and went to Arlington Heights or that the yeah. A's have gone to Las Vegas, and and it's all because of fill-in-the-blank name. Well, once so I, I get that, too. There's a political interest. Well, once in a while, if I really want to piss off the people I might be having a drink with, <clears throat> if they've been too argumentative or something, or maybe I was, all I'll say is, oh, that's the bill? How happy are you that you got a half a percent tax on that paying for Sox Park when they're only paying a million a year? They look at you and they say, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> trust me, <laughs> there's a half a percent tax in this district down here to pay for the the debt on White Sox Park. The Sox pay no part of that debt. That can't be true. Yes, it is. Okay, I mean, so over a period of 20 years they've been there, I think the Sox got the best deal of any team in the country. I mean, uh, they didn't pay a dime for that place. They pay a million bucks a year, and, and if they draw less than a million people, they don't pay anything. That's not bad, Kevin. And yet, at every well, time you buy a sandwich downtown here, you're paying for them. And I, I'm going to say 90% of the people down here to pay for that have never been to a science game or are never going to go to one, never, never care about them. Right. Well, I'll leave you with yeah. a very important question. What would you pay to bring Carl back to Chicago? Um, if he were to start up another business? You know, Carl's a no. Just, just, to, just to have him in studio. Oh, well, God. I mean, there's a there's a great. lot of economic value. You to know what? They will flock to PTI. He, he's the kind of guy that world I, headquarters or to uh, um, Stockton yeah. Jones World Headquarters. So he's the, the guy. The though, breakfast I, buffet can make you a fortune. I'd have so to find a place. Carl's for coming on. You, you just got to work it with him. You know, the problem with a guy like Carl is he wants his coffee, and the Dunkin' Donuts doesn't open till six. Uh, you know what? That alone, by you know the amount of coffee the man drinks, no, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you guys have have a have a good second hour. And uh, hey, listen, because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about we talk about these people who got arrested. The Chinese people got arrested for running the uh, the armed police camp, watching the Chinese place. I don't know if you saw that. I sent it to yeah, you. Yeah, they finally got around to it. That got publicity at least a year ago. Yeah, SP futures down seven. As of you now, fifty one. Be right back. Stacks and jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. 
Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Something happening here. What Hello, everybody. Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Exactly Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 7. NASDAQ Futures down 49. Do we have uh, Professor Mr. Carl? <laughs> you do. We've just announced him as a professor. We're not exactly sure what of, but something. Actually, well, you're like, the, you're like the, the engineer or the professor on uh, Gilligan's Island. You're like our expert on everything. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, but thank you. Yeah, so now I have a couple of really tough questions for you after I led, led you in with that. Oh, no. Um, I'm curious I hear this morning. I, I've been following this uh, Johnson & Johnson uh, talc case a little bit uh, yeah. uh, through the years, and I, uh, and I, you know, you don't ever want to give any, any uh, cons- you know, you don't show a whole lot of sympathy for some of these companies, but... From what I understand, just to give everybody a background on this, I mean, you've seen commercials that if you, you've had cancer and you use talc products, and uh, mostly, I think mostly, I don't get too gross here, but not so much on your skin, but in any areas that you have, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, moist moisture things, if you, if you put them on your, your face or your butt or whatever, uh, it actually can be absorbed. We're on your skin; it's not a problem. Is that? Am I right on that? But I, I, I'm not exactly sure. But, but the but the point is that it's not it's not like Janssen and Janssen put asbestos into the talcum powder. It's talc is actually mined, right, Carl? Correct. And it's, that's correct. And it's and for some reason, I boy, I don't know this. What I'm asking you. It's it's found a lot of times near where asbestos is found, which is also mined. So you have to be real careful that you don't get a, a piece or two of asbestos in with the talc when you when you mine it. And and years ago it was harder harder to actually separate if you had a couple of uh, pieces of uh, asbestos in with the talc, right? And now it's easier to or so. I, anyway, that's the, the basis is not it's, it's not like there was a manufacturing process where Johnson Johnson you know poured asbestos into the talc because they didn't give a crap. That's, I mean it it's somehow they didn't. They weren't able to get it all out, and it was there to begin with. Is that the story? Is that well? That's that's yeah. And the allegation is 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 that this was the cause of the, you know, of the cancer. Which um, well, we all know asbestos is pretty carcinogenic, but 
Well, well, as, uh, asbestos is carcinogenic if inhaled. Yeah. Okay. And and we know that that's a problem because you know the mesothelioma cases from people that had exposure in the workplace or and and particularly when removing insulation from places that because it was it was used uh, as it turns out you know it's an excellent insulation and in, in addition to that uh, it is completely non-flammable so it was used all around industrial places and in schools and things like this specifically for that reason because not only did it do a great job of insulating uh, you couldn't catch it on fire it was used in brake pads it was used on roofs it was oh uh, yeah well i mean it was it was used all over the place but because it's it is fireproof um it had you know it had great application in those areas and this was of course you know before we knew that uh oops if you get it down your lungs you got big problems and so the, but the the thing about talcum powder that uh, that makes it problematic is that talcum powder is by definition very very finely divided. It's an ex- you know it's a dust, and and that's exactly where the problem comes from with inhaled asbestos is that the you know the very fine fibers, what they call friable fibers, get down into your lungs, and that's you know that's where the cancer problem comes from. Uh, and so. I don't know, Carl. Why does it? Sorry, why? Why is it able to stay dormant in somebody's body for like forty years and then cause a problem? Well, that's. I mean, this is one of those things that I. Uh, I don't know how solid the science really is on this being what it's claimed to be. Okay, uh, but it's but, but it's a, it's a type of cancer that is unique. To asbestos, right? I mean, when you if you have mesothelioma, well, you, you know you know you've got it. it's not it's not the same as the lung cancer people get from smoking. Well, if it's mesothelioma that that specifically is a cancer you get, then yeah, and then but that's that's in the lungs. But I'm saying it it has been reason why. But, I, it's, it, but yes, it's distinct from what you would get from smoking cigarettes. Uh, and it's my Audrey. Well, in fact, right? Well, I know one of her. Audrey was one of her best friends. Uh, died from it, and the guy was. Uh, he was a plumber, I think, and uh, worked with asbestos, and she knew that the asbestos wasn't very good, so she would wash his clothes by hand away from the kids' clothes, and she caught it just by washing his clothes. So she, It's, it's a long, awful death. I mean, there's no, no turning around. But, you know, the, the, you know who died from that? It was uh, Merlin Olson. Yeah. And he was, uh, but he... He worked one summer or something, or two summers for a plumbing company when he was like in high school. Yep, same, it's, thing, uh, same thing happened it, to Johnny Ladner. It's a name. Do you know you know that name? A Heisman Trophy winner, Notre Dame, big, big, huge yeah. star in Chicago. Johnny Ladner died from that too. Same thing. He worked like when he was in college, and it was you know it was forty five years ago, and then all of a sudden it pops up when the guy's like seventy. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, you know it's like so many other things with cancer. Cancer is is one of those things that has a way of showing up, you know, decades later. Um, it's not really all that uncommon for that to happen when after would, you know, well, after whatever the insult was. Well, the the question here I have for you has nothing really to do with what we're talking about. We're just kind of setting the base, and I think a lot of listeners are curious as to what if they read this. How does today a U.S. bankruptcy judge halts forty thousand Johnson and Johnson Talcum cancer lawsuits? Because he's part of the, uh, he's a federal bankruptcy judge, and, that, and this is the, my question for you, because I don't think you and I could do this. How did Johnson and Johnson manage to 
kick away a subsidiary, LTL Management, um, and say all the all the liability goes with this new place, and they're trying to work out a deal in bankruptcy. How can how can JP uh, Johnson and Johnson JP Morgan Johnson and Johnson essentially get out of that liability by making a subsidiary and saying it goes with these guys? And oh, by the way, they're declaring bankruptcy. How does that how does that work? Um, it's not supposed to, but you know we have. <laughs> You have to you have to wonder what sort of insanity we in this country have allowed to go on in that you know in that regard. I mean, one of the you know one of the other areas that this has shown up uh, is in the property and casualty insurance market, where in Florida, uh, Allstate is not Allstate, State Farm is not State Farm. Oh, really? They have set up pup companies, what they call pup companies. That's the trade name for it which is a subsidiary that only writes in the state of Florida. And therefore, when things go wrong, gee, it's not like Florida ever has a hurricane, right? Yeah. Um, When things go wrong, that subsidiary can be bankrupted without destroying the rest of the National Association. Uh, Well, this article is written by Annika Kim Constantino. That's a good name. Um, I like that. Uh, says here uh, in uh, let's see in J and J in 2021 spun off its subsidiary LTL Management to carry its calculated liabilities and file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protections. How do you how, how do you take Carl Number Two Inc. and and spin off your liability if you just ran over ten people in your car and killed them? How do you get to do that? Well, that's one of the things you know. At, at least, at least the corruption uh, in in the property and casualty market happens before the the loss generating event, right? Yeah. So you know, so State Farm does this uh, prior to the hurricane. Okay, then you know, then uh, okay, I you know, at least at least there's some some honesty in how this you know goes about this particular case they did it after the loss generating event yeah that's, that's my question how the hell do you and do it, that? well and, and, but look at what ha- look at look at the the outrageous scam that happened with general motors during the 0809 blow up when they they were actively being sued by a lot of people because they used cheap ignition switches uh, that were 20 cents less expensive than the ones that they used to use. And the problem with those ignition switches was that they had this habit of coming apart when you were driving the car. That's a problem. Well, yeah, and so you're driving down the road, and all of a sudden your engine shuts off, and there's nothing you can do, okay, because the the switch disintegrated, basically, internally. And, uh, and this caused several fatal accidents, as a direct result of the fact that all of a sudden you have no engine, uh, you know, I mean, there's plenty of times where if that happens, you you got big problems, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So anyway, so GM gets sued, and then uh, you know all the stuff with the with the financial crash happens. GMAC, which was their financing arm, uh, was in well over their skis. They blew up, and General Motors blew up. As a as a consequence of this, in no small part, and and GM hived off all of the liability 
for these ignition switch deaths into the bankrupt entity. And then they come back, oh, well, no problem. We'll keep selling cars. We don't have to, we, we don't have to pay anybody anymore because, well, you know, that, that uh, hived off thing is gone. Oof, poo, oops, poof. Yeah. Uh, you know, this kind of stuff goes on all the time. All right. Well, you, wonder, you wonder people, I mean, I, I, I drive around and I, I can't believe the anarchy, especially in you know some neighborhoods, actually every neighborhood, and the, I, 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 the total disrespect for the law everywhere, I, I almost can't blame people. <laughs> because the big people, it happens, they could do it all the time, seems. Well, who, who wants to bet that if and when the reality on a certain very popular, very heavily pushed product yeah. comes back and, and bites, really bites... Okay, not a little bit, but you know, basically, it it gets through the consciousness of the American people, which you know may or may not ever happen. But assuming it does, that um, oh, by the way, this stuff should have never been on the market. It was extremely dangerous, and it and uh, you know, basically, well, just about everybody, Carl, and we all know what you're talking about. Just about everybody I talk to now think that it was at least over pushed after a while. That they they haven't reached the part where they think it actually might be. well, it might actually have been harmful. Uh, and boy, I sure hope... I don't think you're wrong, but I sure as hell hope you are. Uh, and so do you, by the way. I, I know you well enough to... I mean, uh, but everybody, I think, thinks that there was a little overkill on this, at least after a while. I mean, and that, that's become a seemingly general thought process. It, it seems to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that when, you know, when that, when that reality um, comes in and, and gets people... Uh, I think this is uh, this is going to get pretty ugly, and and you know darn well. I mean, we know that Pfizer, for example, uh, stuck this in in this partnership with BioNTech. Yeah. Okay. Um, but isn't the government on the on the hook for a lot of this stuff? It turns out it's bad. Well, you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of game playing that is going on in general. I I would like to know. Uh, you know, we supposedly have a right to trial by jury in all civil disputes over $20, right? That's in the Constitution. It's an actual constitutional right. Yeah, I don't... I'm not an attorney, and you know way more about it than I do. I, I, I'm stunned by the whole idea that uh, this, this crisscross between civil and criminal and some of the stuff that's tried in civil court that you're only redress sure seems to me like the guy should be getting arrested. But I, well, no, here's I mean here's here's the thing. I mean the 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 text of the seventh the, the seventh amendment is very very plain, very simple. Really doesn't leave any room for interpretation. In suits at common law, where the value in controversy shall exceed twenty dollars, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court of the United States. Then, according to the rules of common law. I that that's uh, that doesn't leave a lot of room for interpretation, right? Well, so the, tell me so tell me where the whoa, 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 whoa. Uh the Clayton Act. Any combination resulting in a restrained trade is a felony. It doesn't leave any interpretation either, but they've been interpreting it for a hundred years. Everything's okay. Well they don't they no, they just don't bother to prosecute it at all. Right. I mean it so never, I mean, it, that I mean that's you know doesn't get any more health- it doesn't get any plainer than that. <laughs> Does the entire health care system. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. Every single provider, every hospital, virtually every doctor, every 
pharmaceutical company violates that law a million times a day. Every time you go and buy a, a generic place that was selling a pill for five bucks and six months later it's 50 bucks, th- people should be in jail, according to that law. And you're supposed to do 10 years, too. Yeah. It's, it's not a civil offense. Well, it is also a civil offense, but it's a crime. It's a crime, yeah. And it, Okay, so here's this. All right, so tell me how Congress, with an act of Congress now, um, can say that if a, if if some company makes a vaccine that goes on a childhood schedule and your kid gets screwed by it, you can't sue. Um, That's blatantly unconstitutional. Okay? Um, I don't care what anybody else... Uh, you know, people like to talk about this in the context of guns all the time, the Second Amendment. Right? The yeah. fact of the matter is, is the entire NCJIA, which occurred because the pharmaceutical industry blackmailed Congress and said, if you don't give us immunity, we're going to stop making all vaccines. And that was after they screwed up with the DTP shot. They made a bunch of bad batches that sickened and killed, killed a small number of children, but screwed a whole bunch of them. And that was, I mean, that was run to ground and proved that it was just crappy quality control. They just did a terrible job well, of manufacturing. Well, the two-step between who actually approved this vaccine, whether it was the one in Europe that got approved, the one here was... I mean, Lou, Lou's all over this because he was suing on behalf of the military, wasn't he? Oh, it gets better than that. Yeah. Okay, so the FDA just released a, a new thing a couple of days ago and said, oh, by the way, they, they admitted they screwed you. They didn't say that, but they admitted they screwed you. So now the guidance is you may only get one of the bivalent COVID shots. All of the other EUAs have been canceled. None of the original shots are authorized anymore for use in the United States. Well, I didn't know that. But, but yeah, still, this was just a, just a couple of days ago. I, I heard a commercial the other day that said if you haven't had a booster in like eight weeks, you should look into getting one. What, 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 well, what well guess what? The FDA has said know that you are now, if you have not had any COVID shots, you are only authorized one. And it must be the bivalent one. Which one? What does that mean? Which one's the bivalent? That's the new one that that contains the stuff for Omicron. Okay. Okay. So the original formula is no longer legal to use in the United States. I'll bet Those it's being EUAs, used. I'll bet it's being used everywhere. Well, those EUAs were canceled. As of the date of that, of that memo that went out, the FDA just issued this in the last couple of days. And the interesting thing about this is that bivalent shot has, depending on which version, one of them has half of the material in it that the original one had. And the original, so you're they, supposed to get two and then a booster. Correct. So now we've gone from any, well, even if it's just the two primary series, we've gone We've cut the dose either in by fifty percent or by seventy-five percent, depending on which you know which company's stuff you used. So what the FDA has now said is that the so-called approved dose is anywhere from a quarter to a half of what it used to be, and every single thing on the planet is poisonous if you use enough of it. Well, yeah. I mean, you could drink yourself to death with water. Okay, yeah. so so there is no such thing as a substance that is safe in unlimited quantities. It doesn't that doesn't exist. But you but some stuff, if you don't kill yourself, 
if you only have two extra beers instead of 50, you're going to have a headache in the morning, but by the afternoon you'll be okay because it gets out of you if you don't kill yourself. If you Well, that's right. But see, this is the thing is now we keep going down, you know, we, we the FDA has very very quietly without actually saying it said we screwed you okay and oh by the way this new bivalent was issued under an EUA so the entire scam that there was a fully licensed version of this thing there never was that's right and now they've admitted that too by canceling the other EUAs if, if, but if you ever talk to one of the believers, and you know, then they didn't have the. Well, first of all, they didn't have the benefit of being able to talk to guys like you and Lou and other people on the show. Knew that there was a two-step and how how it was actually approved. Everybody was convinced it was approved. Well, you, not you only cannot, that, you cannot win that argument. The, the well, PR, not only the that, PR was, was spectacular. Never, well, yeah, Chief, but it was never distributed in the United States. The approved, the so-called no, approved I, version. I, 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 but I get it. We but we've read the details mainly because of people I listen to here. I'm saying if you w- just walked into somewhere and somebody was a believer, you get your shots? No. Well, you know, it's approved. No, no, it really isn't approved. Oh, yeah, it is. What's the matter with you? I mean, you could not win that argument. I mean, it, it was done in such a way. I mean, it, it's, that's, that's the beauty of the big lie, right? Right. But, you know, but the thing is this, is that it's not just limited to that, okay? There was, there was just another drug that the FDA... Back, oh, it's, it's about six months ago, they... They approved a drug for Alzheimer's that failed its trial. Yeah. Okay. Just recently, in the last week or so, they approved one for ALS that also failed its trial. Yeah. What is, what is with that? And some they're all real expensive. Well, this too. is bribery. It's just pure, look. This is just a pure rubber stamp. One of the things that I have come to to understand over the last four or five years is that the way that we do this in the United States. Um, yeah, you know, the FDA got their got their chops, so to speak, because they did very good things at a point in the past. All right, um, the thalidomide mess over in Europe, for the most part, didn't happen here in the United States because the FDA had one intrepid woman on the panel that prevented that drug from being used in the United States in pregnant women. Really? And as a result, we did not have a bunch of children that were born with stubs for arms. Right. Over in Europe, they did. Because they used it for any any woman who was histrionic, which, you know, gee, that uh, yeah. we don't hear people complain about that all the time, right? Um, and they gave it to women who supposedly had these mood disorders, and, and some of them were pregnant, and it caused hideous birth defects. Um, we had a few of those instances here in the United States. In Europe, they had a unbelievable number of children that were screwed and virtually, I think the last of them, those children has now died. It also not only did it screw up your body, it apparently screwed up enough other stuff that your life expectancy was yeah. you know, was much, much shorter than it should have been. Um, hey, we come back from break let's, uh, all kinds of conflicting economic stuff in terms of the oh, market. Oh, oh my and that, oh, yeah. we, Let's try and make a little bit of sense out of that because everybody has their own, re- well I guess I'll lead this a little bit by saying they have their revisionist history of the inflation last time. Uh-huh. The inflation last time was a, <laughs> was a lot different than the inflation this time for a lot of reasons. So, But people don't really... It was like my, my discussion with Kevin earlier when you start talking about is, this, is giving money to, a, to somebody worthwhile without doing the rigorous assessment 
of is it really worthwhile you can you can come to some really bizarre conclusions that always seem to want to get to where you want it to be. Imagine how that works. SP futures down one, Nasdaq futures down twenty nine. Be right, uh, um, Carl. I'm going to give you a million dollars to write this study. By the way, when you get done, here's what the last page is supposed to look like. <laughs> uh, yeah, isn't that funny how that works? <laughs> it will be right back. Stacks and jacks. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, I'm right back, stocks and jocks. I'm Tom Allen. We're on the board. SP futures down a buck and a half. NASDAQ futures down twenty nine. We've been, we've been down. I won't say every morning the last couple of weeks, and we creep back during the day. It's almost like. It's the buy the dip on the morning group is back, uh, and it looks like we have a little bit, maybe not so much last night, but uh, a little bit of uh, mutual fund buying, um, which we haven't had for a while, so it seems like we want to creep up a little bit on the close every day, just a little bit. Dow futures are up 17. Uh, individual stocks, uh, nothing crazy. You got Apple down 2 bucks. Uh, we've got uh, 
Procter & Gamble had earnings up 356, which is interesting because the straddle is only like two and a quarter, so it's a bigger move than was expected. United, United Healthcare up 313. Uh, well, medical areas there, they do well, always do well, as Carl always talks about. Over in the Nikkei down 93.3%. Kind of, well, I won't say the Hang Seng's not slow. Down 321, 1.6%. This thing. I almost feel like going over there and trading for a week. Just I don't know if they even have a floor or whatever. If I'm showing my age, but which is, but it hangs in over Hang, hang Seng is hanging in over twenty thousand, twenty thousand and seventy-five. Shanghai on sixty-six. It's almost two percent. Um, that's uh, so, I mean two percent is, is it, they haven't had much movement lately. Now today, not so good. Or in Europe, we got the DAX down thirty-four point two percent. Puts the up twelve point two percent. Kick around up two, call that flat. So we got a pretty much a flat one over in Europe. Yesterday, the U.S. Dow was down 110, S&P down 24, and Nasdaq down 97. That all happened like in the last maybe 20 minutes, half hour. Like I said, every other day we've been, we've been going up on the close, but yesterday not so not at all. In fact, uh, bonds down two basis points, 3.53. The bond up two basis points, 2.47. Japan uh, 0.46, pretty much unchanged. Well. Uh, up 47 cents, but still under 80 bucks. 77.84 was over 80 earlier in the week. Uh, Brent up 48 cents, 81.59. Is oil continues to move between this like 77 and 83 range, very range bound. Natural gas down two cents, 2.22. Our Bob up two cents, 2.61. We've got gold down 21 bucks, under 2,000 again, 19.97. Silver down nine cents, 25.28. Copper down a penny, four bucks. We got Bitcoin. Up 79 uh, bucks, 28,215, but still pretty far under 30,000. I'm going to say we could guess that we have actually the, the uh, dollar's mixed. It's against the pound, the dollar is up a little bit, and against the euro, it's down a little bit. So, dollar's really not causing that much problem here this morning. We're almost up to 110 again in the euro, 108, 109.85. Andrew, we have for us traffic weather sports. All right, it is a 736 here in Chicago on April 21st. Starting off with some sports and some baseball. Last night, the Cubs lost to the Dodgers and in their game 6-2. And the Diamondbacks lost to the Padres and in their game 7-5. Over to basketball. Had one game last night, at least one game for us. Uh, the Suns won over the Clippers and in their game 129-124. Over to Chicago weather. It's currently 46 degrees. Going to have cloudy skies today. Going to have a high above 65 over in Phoenix, so it's 62 degrees, clear skies. They're going to have a high of 90 degrees. Now, finally, over to Chicago traffic. Uh, looks like only one accident to report on the major expressways. Uh, this is out on the Kennedy right next to Nagel Avenue. Uh, this accident is blocking the right lane, uh, but doesn't seem to have any update on specific delays. Other than that, traffic is a little bit heavy, but a little bit better than it's been the rest of the week. So... That's what I got. Back to you, Chief. So, Carl, just as a way of kind of leading in here, uh, by the way, you're not the kind of guy that would uh, go out to a driving range or a practice tee and yell out the word shank, would you? Oh, well, of course. Yeah, I'm just saying. Because uh, the, <laughs> the, the one word that we have not been able to utter, to utter, as they say, since really 1982, the word you were never supposed to speak again, we've mentioned it few times on the show, and I almost zipped my lip shut when I did, is the word stagflation. Oh, yeah. And well, all of a sudden, know. here I see on CNBC this morning, right in the bright, bright print on the screen, is are we doing stagflation? Now, the headlines, just, just a few of them from the last day, and the reason why I want to just give a few of the conflicting headlines, because I was on the 
call with a good-sized client last night talking about the market, and, you know, sometimes retail people catch these headlines and they're just, you know, aghast by it. I mean, because, I, mean I, don't, I don't blame them. It's not like... So now a recession is coming and stock markets won't come through it unscathed, strategist says. Now, yesterday there was a, a headline that said, uh, and I'm sure it has something to do with the way the Fed has been acting in the last few years, has to do that the, mar- the market won't even go down if there's a recession. And Dan Janitas yesterday was kind of agreeing with that because he thinks over the last few weeks, look, look what the Fed put in there just for to save the one bank, and the market shot up. So there's now is is this going to be turned into? And then there's an article here that says you don't worry about the inflation of the 70s because people's raises aren't. There's no unions around anymore. And another article from Europe said, oh by the way. We should be able to continue to have uh, price increase or wage increases without causing a problem. I mean, if you just if you're just a well, I say just because it's not like I got it figured out. If you're a, a retail person who's saved your whole life and is no longer working, and you have this nest egg, and you read this stuff every day, I gotta believe you're pulling your hair out. Uh, well, me? you ought to be pulling your hair out, and or actually, I have some other ideas, but they're yeah. they're rather unlawful. Um. Uh, you know, hucksterism is nothing new. I mean, we just we just spent the first half of uh, my time on the show talking about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and the corruption of things that are supposed to be constitutionally guaranteed. What did your What did your hero Roy Hobbs say? I, I, you didn't pay. You're not paying me to sit here to listen to a two bit carny huckster. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, but when you look at it, I mean. You know this thing. This thing with the Seventh Amendment, for example. You know, and and then oh, Congress says, oh, you can't sue over this, you can't sue over that. Oh, wait a minute, the Constitution says yes, you can. Not only do you have the right to sue, and and Congress cannot make it so you can't, but in addition to that, you have a right to a jury trial, and Congress cannot make it so you can't do that either. Um, but nobody will actually enforce those things, and so here we are. Uh, well, what's the but, the but law that says uh, um, you and Robert both a couple of years ago edu- educated me on this? What's the law that says insurance companies can actually uh, um, they can collude? They can well, no. They, they, to do, they, they can they can discriminate on the basis of if you're. 400 pounds or you smoke they can charge you more than if you don't well that's uh, well uh, yeah it's the same it's uh, so there is a law called mccarran ferguson that's the one which which exempts insurance companies from antitrust law in the business of insurance and it's it's quite specific but yet okay. everybody's turned around to use it to to push into healthcare and how they can they can uh, uh, which by the way has twice been tried all the way up to the Supreme Court in the late seventies and early eighties and found not right to cover what they're doing but they still do it so uh, yep and the Supreme Court said no absolutely not that's not what the law says have a nice day and as a result uh, you know by nineteen eighty two ish there should have been thousands of criminal prosecutions brought by the Department of Justice, every one of these companies should have been shut down and all of the executives should have gone to prison. That was 40 years ago. Yep. And here we are, still getting screwed literally every single day uh, with all kinds of conflicts of interest and price fixing and everything else. So, uh, uh, you know, the, they, Can you say might makes right? Well, the, the law's a joke. Yeah. Okay, And then we wonder why you have a group of youths running around in downtown Chicago 
on a Saturday night, a block and a half from where my office used to be, shooting people because, by the way, that was an interracial couple and the crowd was all black kids. Yeah. Now, nobody's talking about that, but that's why those two got assaulted. And that's also why the, well, I don't know why, but the one, the one black lady tried to sh- shag down the cops, and yeah. uh, and the cops drove on, and she ended up having to break part of it up, which I mean, was pretty. She's pretty, lucky she's alive. Yep, but she, that's pretty okay. special on her part. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I mean, not everybody is a you know is a clown that has the you know has the same color skin. Right. But the but the point is, those two were assaulted because they were a mixed race couple. Okay, yeah. and anybody who thinks that wasn't why it happened has rocks in their head. It is why it happened. Well, it was, yeah, it's a. Uh... Well, I mean, it, you know, this is the th- that was a block and a half from where my old office was. Well, it's, a, we it's, had a t- it's right where the tour. I mean, it's tourist central. It's right near the beach. I, I, I'd say. I, I, I know, yeah. Chief, but you know what? We had twenty four hour tech support. I had people in that building in Tupu, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. If if that had happened when I still had my office there, I would have shut it down the next morning and been and and just told you know the. The Chicago city government, I'm sorry, I'm not putting my people at risk of dying because you people won't go out there and arrest thugs. Why, why, do, you, why do you suppose, let's only get on the back end of the market here in a bit, but why do you suppose that the, um, well, I don't want to get too racial here, but Lori, uh, for all her issues, I mean, I think uh, she had some good qualities. Nobody's all bad. In fact, some of the people I know that, that know her think says she's actually... Tries to be pretty damn competent. Uh, the job is kind of overwhelming, uh, kind of, and uh, and now this guy isn't even in office yet, and yet the people from not everybody, you can't, you know, you would think that uh, who's ever pulling off these these little riots and stuff, they would give the guy a break. I mean, he's supposed to be somebody that's going to help those communities. They're not, they're not giving him a break at all. Why? Who, who, thinks, who thinks that these people give any respect whatsoever to any element of the government? Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, I don't care what it, it is. Is, this is the problem, is that people like you and I, Chief, we still have some kind of a, a, a general view of civic responsibility. It says that if we don't get everything that we want, we don't go burn the, the you know burn the town down, right, and kill anybody that happens to get in the way. Um, yeah. a, 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 you know th- that's just that's the basis of civilization, right? Is that we have a dispute resolution mechanism, we use it. We don't we don't decide. Oh, that guy you know pissed me off in the bar, so I'm gonna you know I'm just gonna whack him right here where he stands. That's that is gone among a large part of the population of this country today. And that is a serious, serious problem. And, and I don't care who you elect, if there's no respect for that kind well, of it's thing. Well, it's not just the rioters, just driving traffic. It's everybody who's driving. I mean, you well, get, I, get, a, yeah. get a Range Rover Discover, the last time you see one of those stop at a stop sign, I'll, I'll, give, you a, you know, I'll give you a beer. I mean, well, Chief, I, that's the thing. Is I'm, that's what I'm saying. Is I mean, you know, it's it's there's this holier than thou thing. Back when I used to be you know, living in Chicago, it was during the Pippin and Jordan dynasty years. Okay, when that was you know when that was the big thing, Rodman and, and Pippin and Jordan. Pippin gets busted with a with a pistol under his seat in his car. Yeah. Okay. Now, at the time, it was illegal to own a pistol. And have one on you in the city of Chicago. Period. You could not have it. You couldn't get a permit. Right. Uh, it was it, it was just flat. I mean, unless you were a cop, 
There was no legal way for you to have a handgun. Of course, that didn't matter to the gangbangers, right? They could care no. less. Yeah. You or I did that, we would have gone to jail if we got caught. With well, that. it depends if we knew the cop. Uh, well, but if you got arrested, you'd go to jail. Well, you know what the all game right. was? They all used to play uh, the game. They had the, the athletes. Uh, Walter Payton and those guys used to always carry the gun. They were all they were all uh, given badges as part-time Cook County cops or something. Yeah, well, he wa- he didn't, and uh, but he was never prosecuted for that. Because I think Payton got caught with it too, but he was a what he was a Cook County uh, guard or something. Wasn't he? Yeah, there's always you know there's yeah. always some kind of a scam, right? But this is but this is how the 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 problem that you really sort of have. Well, is, that's right. But I mean, yeah. if you if if you try and get anybody, if somebody breaks into your car in front of your house, try and get the police even to show up. Oh, it's, you're insured. What's the difference? Anybody who scams out of anybody's bank account. Uh, it's it's up to the bank or the insurance company. The thought of going after any of these people of of any of the internet crime, they don't. Nobody goes after them. Yeah. I mean, well, this is I mean, the, the, the the law enforcement community for 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 most people is absolutely useless. It's absolutely yeah, useless. You know, it's just one of these things that I I look at and and say, well, you know, it's it's a slow degeneration that's happened yeah. over time. And and then you add to this the financial stress that we have going on, and people that think that this is, I I don't know where people get this idea, but there is this this basic concept, and I've been writing about it now since since this inflation stuff started, that oh well if we just back off on this and it and over the next three or four years it comes back down to around two percent everything's going to be fine no everything's not going to be fine because the lower twenty percent of the population cannot absorb what has already occurred it has to come back out by the way were, Otherwise, you, were, your, were your ears burning the other day I was uh, yeah, lo- maybe a little bit we had this long discussion with uh, what was it? it wasn't Dan it was, uh, it was Hal Professor Hal and it and we're talking about uh, just what you were saying. That, by the way, I, I'm with you at how much this is hurting the bottom twenty or thirty percent. Because when I go in the store and I see, especially people who retire, checking a price of every single thing they put in the in the basket. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I but I, I I think that you're a tad remiss. I'm not so sure, Carl, that if you and I did a study on how much the inflation is affecting on a percentage basis a person making forty five grand a year. Versus a family making three hundred and bought stuff five years ago, uh, in keeping with how is this going to sound? Not stupid. In keeping like with their status, where they have the nice house, they have the couple cars, they got the kids going to private school. I'm I'm going to bet you that they are affected more on a percent. Now they're still living a nice life. I'm not hold a tag team for them. I'm going to bet you that they are that they are being affected on a percentage basis at least as much. Well, you may be right. I mean, it's I, the thing is, is that I look, the the difference though between being affected and having serious problems, oh, I, I and literally, and and not being able to pay the power bill. I, uh, yeah, I, I. All right. I mean, there's a there is a huge difference there, and the thing that you know, I mean, what I see around here is that there's there are pieces of this showing up uh, in places you would not expect, but then at the other hand, you also have. The, the business owners that are, are desperately trying to claw their way past it for the next you know six right. months or whatever right and and this 
this is not going to work out. I mean, you look at the credit card balances and what's going on there. It's just, it's insane. I just, everyone's like, oh, you know, the insurance, the, the, the inflation in groceries, for example, has been, you know, supposedly, according to the CPI, you know, 10 or 12%. Oh, that's, that's BS. Well, guess what? If you look at just the price, the stickered prices on the shelf, you might actually, you might sort of believe that, right? But the difference is, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, every week Kroger ran a bunch of coupons. So if you if you bought butter, and you bought four boxes of sticks of butter, uh, you know, once every two months when it went on sale, uh, you didn't pay anywhere close to the rack price. My my observations are that everything, if you just buy the basics and you're willing to cook, uh, you're not anything that's processed. And the price of pork, I don't, I wouldn't want to be a pork producer right now. Price of pork is low, yet at the price of uh, pork sausage, the Jimmy Deans has gone from three bucks to four and a half. Uh huh. Uh huh. Everything. I think everything with my monetarist crazy background. Over the last. We're reaching the point where virtually everything on average is up 35%, 30 to 35% than when this all started three years ago. It's my, from what I, and and I cook, okay, I don't buy any package stuff. It's it's 50. Okay, but I'm saying right now it seems But here's here's the thing. That's not based on the sticker. That's the actual out the door in the cart, okay? Yeah. And that's, and, and... a huge part of this is that the sales are just gone. Most of them, yeah. Unless you get yeah. something where it's got to be sold by tomorrow. Well, every once yeah. in a while. Oh, all right, I mean, like a couple of weeks ago, they had a deal down at the down at the Kroger here with standing rib roasts, okay, which most people don't understand. that Those are ribeye steaks. They're just not cut up. Right, well, yeah. I, right. I get it. So, yeah, so I bought one and brought it home and chopped it up into ribeyes yeah. and... And gee, that was not a bad deal. We had some good steaks for a little while. Um, well, I, mean, I guess what I'm again, I'm beating up on the the part about it's not all just the. I mean, my in my apartment. I mean, I, yeah, I live in the city because I so I can do the show in the morning. I mean, my electric bill is up from, uh, and the gas bill say it's up from uh, thirty bucks to forty five. You know, which, which is a lot. Okay, over right. a couple of year period. But I mean, Audrey's place. I mean, and some of the people who do the show from the, from the Burbs, they're talking about their electric bill has gone for or a gas bill in the winter, especially North Shore is worse than people's now for some reason. They're talking about let, two years ago a, a buck fifty. This year they've gotten like a bill for like three seventy five or something. So I mean, chief, chief, oh yeah, chief. Uh, I'll tell you what though, the other one that's a real screw job is that property and casualty insurance. So you know your car insurance, your house, your homeowners, everything. I, the renewals are, you know, are showing up for this year now, and uh, I, I, I shop the living daylights out of that thing every time it comes up because if you don't, you're crazy. But uh, the uh, and I, I, I have no love for insurance companies, but I, I am stunned that a if you got a nice sized ranch home in the Burbs, I don't know how many square feet it is. I'm not an insurance or a retail uh, realtor. I'm going to say you can pay 75 to 90 G for a roof easy, which I never dreamed. <laughs> My neighbor, when you grew up, guy came out and put another layer of asphalt out there. It was like 1500 bucks, and he went away. The idea, I mean, what? how much insurance do you have to charge somebody that if you get a hailstorm, you got to pony up 90 G? 
Well, that's exactly the problem. Okay, yeah. so so all of a sudden, the the twelve hundred dollar homeowner policy is two grand. But even then, I mean, uh, I mean, well, but uh, but yeah. I'm saying, you yeah. know, it's two grand. Okay, and then you know your car insurance. Okay, well, guess what? If you wreck your car, you can't get the you know you can't get the parts. Okay, that two hundred dollar windshield is nine hundred bucks. By the way, do you have? Do you were, were you? Uh, did you get a twinge in your brain last night that I was thinking about you? Well, maybe why? Because I ended up uh, having to take my my truck is back in the, in the garage, uh, getting fixed again. Might, oh no! It might be time. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I get an Uber. And uh, oh, the guy I'm with, he says, "Chief, so just so you don't complain, I promise to get an Uber. I'm going to get a nice Uber." So he gets the the big Uber, right? Guy shows up in a, a one of those Lincoln, uh, whatever those things are, Lincoln Navigator or something, this big, huge things like a suburban. Oh yeah. And uh, so I mean, it's it's pretty nice. Except you know what, Carl? There's no room to sit in the front because the yeah. the, the the computer station takes up the whole truck. I, these th- that stuff is nuts, and yeah. you can't. And, and the biggest problem is if anything goes wrong with it, the car won't run. Yeah, well, and so I said to the guy, um, you know, plus I don't know how much gas you save by having a thing shut off at every red light. Almost none, but oh, what well. it does do is force you to buy starters, and they're a thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I, I said to the guy, this thing's pretty new, right? And he goes, Yeah. I go, well, Let me guess, seventy-five. He goes, and eh, eighty-four. Wow! <laughs> like, yeah, and the guy's got an eighty-four thousand dollars car. He's giving me a ride home. How does how, how that going to work? Well, it's not. And it, well, but then again, you know, we've got a whole bunch. We've got a whole industry. Uh, the, the the whole rideshare, so-called rideshare thing, is one of the biggest scams in the world because at the prices that you know that actually get to the driver, at the money that actually gets to the driver, you can't even cover the depreciation. The, the damage, if you will, the accumulated wear and tear on the vehicle. Yeah. Okay, say much less than anything else. So so you are essentially, and, and these models, these so-called business models that have, you know, have proliferated all over the economy, they are essentially extraction schemes that are aimed at people who can't do math. Well, but you got a fertile field in which to sow with the people who can't do math in this country. Well, you know what I, you know, I mean, my daughter was talking about, you know, maybe doing this kind of thing because she's she's got my old Jetta, which is, you know, which gets fifty miles a gallon for crying out loud around town. Right? I mean, you know, it's a, in terms of fuel, it, 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 you know, it's nothing. Is that a diesel? Yeah, yeah. But that, that, if you tried to make one of those today, you'd have to be fifteen hundred pounds heavier just to meet the accident requirements. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, you know, it's 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 it got a nearly three hundred thousand miles on it. It runs like it's brand new, and and you know those things go forever, right? As long as you don't wreck them. Yeah. And and you know, fabulous car. I loved the thing for a while. I gave it to her when she turned eighteen, and she she has managed to not smash it yet. So you know, hey, this is great. You know, it's several years later, and it's still in one piece. <laughs> but the thing is, is I I told her I said, look. You know, every every hundred thousand miles, you have to put a timing belt on this because if it breaks, the the engine is destroyed. Uh, Don't you have to get glow plugs too? Well, the glow plugs are not very expensive. Okay. I mean, you know, and I have all the tools to work on it and such. So I mean, I you know I can do all of everything. Uh, I've got the the factory tool that you have to have in order to be able to do things like set the the uh, injection timing and stuff okay. like that. So I've you know I've got all the stuff. Uh, but the problem with this is that 
even with a car that is on the on the hull is basically fully depreciated the math doesn't work right okay now you take something that you got to hey, know I got on. news for you uber doesn't want you if it's over 10 years old well i understand that but i'm saying you know but then you take a look at, at how bad this gets if you know if you've got a note on that pay on oh, that I, all right hey we oh got only a couple God. minutes we got a couple minutes we we set the whole background up about the market and we never said anything what do you yeah. what what do you, is is the fed going to quote save i think the, the the people overseas with the injection of cash 3 4 weeks ago with the bank i think they're sort of pissed off at the us cuz that was not coordinated Chief, they can't do it again, or the inflation spike comes back. Well, so if if we when we do a recession, which it appears I think we've always been in for a while here, not always, but uh, uh, well, I've I, I argued that what we saw in the PPI data was the leading edge of it, and and it's here. Okay, so it gets a little worse. More and more people get laid off. Hopefully, just a little worse, uh, and, and and we get to the point where everybody has to say we're in a recession. Uh, market work its way through that, through the Fed machinations, or are we going to see a huge... I'm very concerned market-wise. No, yeah, no I think you're going to see a big sell-off, and I would be very concerned uh, as we get, you know, summer into the fall, uh, because I don't think you're going to be able to continue to glad-hand this thing without recognition showing up. What do you, what do you make of... Uh, as I was talking to this customer last night, uh, client, customer, uh, I'm very nervous about the action of the IWM versus the QQQ, and the QQQ is just the same six stocks that seem to run up and down all over the place. I, I, the market's very narrow here, it seems to me. Right. It is. And it I, that, is. that always makes me nervous. Sometimes it, I'm right to be nervous, sometimes I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure which what the future holds here. I mean, uh, uh, I don't see Microsoft at this level. I mean, Tesla keeps getting whacked here. I don't see Amazon coming back as much as people think it's going to. What do you th- I mean, I... NVIDIA seems to be the darling again. Uh, it was, then it wasn't, now it is again. Uh, but I, I just don't trust these stocks that go straight up for six months because everybody's back on the bandwagon, and then all of a sudden nobody wants them. And it's kind of a weird, it's a weird market, Carl. I mean, uh, it's a very, it's a very strange market. But I think there's big trouble coming, and I, and I do not believe that we get through the end of the year without that being realized. Yeah, I mean, the, I think you do, but the, the, most of the listeners, I'm looking here at the QQQ. A chart for the last year, we have been 330 twice down to 260. Now we're back up to 315. In one year, we've had that's what is that 30 to 60, 70 points is that's yeah. a 23. We've had two 23 percent moves in one the last year. Yeah, and back up and, and now everybody is says everything's okay again. Back up to the same 320 number. Boy, if I was smart enough to have gotten everything long at 260. I'm just by looking at this, and I'm not a chartist. Going, I don't want to be as long as here as I was at 260. Why would I? I I think I think people are dancing past the gravestones in a serious way. I I'm expecting really really serious trouble coming sometime in the next you know three to six months, and and that's the pattern that we've seen before though, Chief, is that people, you know, people. I don't know why people don't remember this. But this seems to happen on a fairly regular basis. Is that you know we have, we have a market that uh, that shows some signs of trouble. People all you know, oh no no that's not real. It's not going to be a big deal. You know it's, uh, everything's fine. Da 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 da. You know you look at what happened in in '07. Okay, Bear Stearns blows up. Yeah. Right. And then six months of oh everything's lovely and wonderful and uh, you know and the market goes back up and uh, you know its sell off is all recovered. Everything's fine. And then, oh crap! 
and and I see the same pattern playing out again. Yeah, and people, the the price of puts, I've got a dash here. The price of puts, uh, which you can see sort of in the VIX, is always the cheapest when the market's at a high, when it should be the most expensive, because that's when the most value is, right? Well, well, that's right. I mean, it's you know, the the VIX is you know, well, it was it was down to you know sixteen a couple of days ago. Now it's you know now it's up a point, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I look at that and I go, are, are you guys crazy? You, you you, are saying basically that there's no risk in the market and nobody should be protecting anything. We should all be long and, and loving it and everything's going to be great. Well, that's how uh, PTI and our managed money are protecting the next program. We were money managers of the year in either 2007 or eight, according to Morningstar. And the, the, the puts were so cheap at the market top right then, Carl, that I... I couldn't resist buying like fifty percent more of them. They, they, I, I they was bought. I was buying them like crazy in '07 because I, I I'm like, if this turns out to not be you know if this turns out to be a nothing, uh, I didn't really lose that much. No, I mean we we, we actually we <laughs> it actually was made, the thing because they didn't cost anything. Well, we actually made money on the way down because not only did we, were we a little overprotected, but the vowel went from like a twelve to a thirty. So the yeah. puts we did have went to the moon. All right, Carl, we'll, we'll talk at you uh, at least on Friday, maybe earlier, if all this stuff goes crazy. Because I, I'm wondering if maybe uh, when it might get you know, 15 minutes of your time, we didn't get a chance because Kevin wants to talk about it. They finally arrested a couple of these Chinese people here that are monitoring the other Chinese people? Yes, it, and, and the interesting thing about it was apparently they indicted some people that are not in the United States. All right, this is, we have to, we'll have to kick this around next week, maybe Wednesday and Friday. All right, but take care of yourself. Have a nice weekend. Yep. SP Futures up 75 cents. NASDAQ Futures down 20. We're almost back to the flat line. Uh, back on Monday, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.